Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Sunday, April 20th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. You know, the more we rely on experts, the less we rely on ourselves. And I was thinking back about some people that have been considered experts and what they've said, and perhaps even what reliance upon what they said did for us or didn't do for us. So let me take you back to 1968 when someone named Paul Ehrlich, who is an American biologist, wrote a book called The Population Bomb. In that book, Ehrlich gave catastrophic predictions about population growth in the future, and he was wildly wrong. What he said was that in the 1970s, hundreds of millions of people would starve to death despite any programs that any government would come up with. Paul Ehrlich was incredibly wrong. He is to this day the darling of the left when it comes to climate and population. He is currently the Bing Professor Emeritus of Population Studies at the Department of Biology at Stanford University, and he's president of Stanford Center for Conservative Biology. He is 90 years old. Moving forward a little bit, the Scientific American, which is a very prestigious scientific journal, in, I guess in the early, oh, the late 80s, 1980s, it had an article by a scientist named Harrison Brown. And he predicted in the Scientific American, meaning giving his prediction weight, gravitas, credibility, whatever, that lead, zinc, tin, gold, and silver deposits would be fully depleted before 1990. So needless to say, they haven't been fully depleted. And one of the reasons is technology, right? We figured out new ways to mine and to extract these from the earth. And then Al Gore, if you remember his 2000 movie called An Inconvenient Truth, Gore said in the movie that humanity had only 10 years left before the world would reach a point of no return. And, in fa and I watched that entire presentation, I remember. In fact, it featured animations of Florida and Manhattan being inundated and nearly submerged in water. More recently, Pfizer and all the pharmaceutical companies who brought us the, quote, safe COVID vaccine said there was no harm or minimal risk at the worst, yet there have been a million adverse reactions. Myocarditis in young men, healthy sports figures just dropping dead of unknown causes, nerve pain, long COVID, which may in fact be exacerbated by the vaccine, and most importantly, it didn't prevent COVID. 
because it was never a vaccine. A vaccine is something you get so that you don't get the disease that the vaccine is vaccinating you against. But with the mRNA, the experts changed the definition. It was really just an experimental mRNA injection and humanity became the lab rats. Fauci, right? Fauci, an expert in public health. He denied he did gain a function research or was tied to it in any way. He said that masks were good and masks were bad. He said that natural immunity did not do the job and would not do the job in preventing a catastrophic spreading of COVID, which never happened. And just a few days ago, that expert, Anthony Fauci, was quoted as saying, show me a school that I shut down. Show me a factory that I shut down. I never did. I sleep fine. I sleep fine. That's the expert in public health. Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen told us that inflation would be transitory. And Joe Biden recently said how good his administration has been on fiscal responsibility. This is an expert who cannot speak coherently, who won't hold a press conference because he cannot hold a press conference, who is 82 years old and wants you to make him president until he's 86. And then, of course, we have the absolutely incomparable expert vice president, Kamala Harris. Remember, this woman is second in line to the presidency, so you would assume she's expert at her job, expert at some level of accomplishment in her life, that she got to the second highest position in our government, a heartbeat away, literally, in Biden's case, from the presidency, who said just recently that she's ready to assume the presidency if she had to. This is a quote from that expert, Kamala Harris, this past week. Here's the quote. So I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present, and to be able to communicate it, to understand where we exist in history and in the moment, as it relates not only to the past, but to the future, end quote. What? What did that woman just say? What that was, was California New Age mumbo jumbo. And I can say that because I've been a mystic and I have been in sync with the spirituality and the metaphysical movements for decades. That was mumbo jumbo. Am I allowed to say that actually? Maybe it's racist because... In the concise Oxford English Dictionary, mumbo-jumbo is a noun. It's the name of a grotesque idol. It's said to have been worshipped by some African tribes and that it really means, as definition, a meaningless ritual. Well, I will certainly say that what Kamala Harris just said and the quote I read was, in fact, meaningless. So I don't know whether mumbo-jumbo is racist or I could be accused of a cultural appropriation because I'm white. 
I shared these with you. I shared these, quote, experts with you in their given fields because we have too many experts. This is a problem we are facing in the moment. You know, in prior generations, experts, lawyers, doctors, politicians, government employees were revered and deferred to without question. Their opinions were deferred to. And it actually seemed for a time that we had gained, I don't know, some ability to stand up and begin to question those individuals and institutions. But then I would say over the past 20 years, whatever ground we had gained has been completely annihilated. I think what happened is we slowly got played. We got manipulated and we actually got re-educated in our educational systems, in our, in our schools and in our universities, because we weren't paying attention. Now, in all fairness, we weren't paying attention because we were tired, because we were stressed, because we were inundated with technology and the rapid advancement within the technological field. There are a lot of reasons why we weren't paying close enough attention to how we were getting played. But look at where we are now. Medical experts and politicians have us focused every single day on transgenderism and climate change. Not mental health. I did a whole podcast recently on why that's the real issue, not gender dysphoria. They don't have us focused on child sex trafficking. Just this past week, first person testimony before a House subcommittee on the Biden administration making possible and even advancing child sex trafficking across our southern border. No, the experts don't have us focused on inflation, which is crippling the middle class and the poor. They don't have us focused on the pros and cons of a proxy war with Russia in Ukraine, which could potentially lead to World War III. No, no. They don't have us focused on the cold civil war here at home, which is cultural and political division in every facet of our lives. And no, they don't have us focused on what's happened to health care in this country, the cost of it its inaccessibility, the shortage of critical drugs like antibiotics that are manufactured in China, by the way. You know, I have a friend who throughout my adult life, I guess, I would say, she always would say to me when I would write something, you know, Carol, you need to dumb it down. You need to dumb it down. Meaning that I was, I was writing mostly, I was writing at a level that was way too thought provoking, I guess you could say. And to the contrary of that instruction that she used to give me, you know what my approach is to the deliberate manipulation and dumbing down and the re-education of America? My approach is think for yourself. That's why I named this podcast what I did. And I will take you, you know, on a very fast ride from Jesus to Tucker Carlson. And I say that because the proponents of control, 
always have used the same tactics and always will. They use baseless accusations, innuendo, and fear. If you look at Jesus and what happened to him, his teaching and his preaching were a threat to the establishment. And that establishment was Roman political rule and Jewish religious authority. And the innuendo was that he was claiming to be king of the Jews. And look at what they did to him. Because what they did to him wasn't just doing it to him. It was a message to everyone else at the time that you better beware or the same thing or or worse if it's possible would happen to you. And of course, I'm talking not about the Messiah. I'm talking about the historical figure named Jesus. Those things happened to him and that's how he died. And it was a message. Tucker Carlson was just, he wasn't fired actually because they didn't fire him. They still have him on a leash. He can't go anywhere else until he negotiates out of his contract with them. But Tucker Carlson was ceremoniously and instantly taken off the air. Why? Because he was speaking truth to power. Because that's where the power is. He was thinking for himself And that's where the power is. That's where the magnetism is. That's where leadership is. That's what made him dangerous. Just like what made Jesus dangerous was thinking and speaking for himself. Despite what Roman law said, and to some extent, despite what Judaic authority said. Because there are things he did that he justified as valid interpretations of the Torah, of Jewish religious controlling law, but they nonetheless flew in the face of what the Pharisees, the ruling class, said the interpretation was at the time. Because Tucker Carlson thought for himself, he was deemed to be, number one, hateful, transphobic, radical, ultra-right, and dangerous. But I would say he posed something very similar to what Jesus posed. I'm not saying Tucker Carlson is Jesus or that he's a Messiah. I'm just saying that he posed a threat to the establishment on both sides of the aisle because he thinks for himself. And in a way, like him or don't like him, the same thing can be said of Donald Trump. He thinks for himself. And the same thing can be said of Trump's supporters. They're thinking for themselves. But the message is, don't you dare speak truth to power or we'll condemn you, cancel you, crush you, even crucify you. It is rule by fear. So let me talk for a moment about fear. I have said before, there are only two emotions, love and fear. Every positive emotion is a derivative of love. Every negative emotion is a derivative of fear. So if you go forward with that premise, then the only emotional weapon you have to fight fear with is love, is love. So whether or not you believe Jesus was a Messiah, and when I say a Messiah, it's because there is a biblical definition And different people can qualify or, yeah, I would say that's the right way to say that. You can be a Messiah 
or whether you believe Jesus was the Messiah, the message of love has lasted 2,000 plus years. Gandhi used it. Martin Luther King used it. And now it's time for you and me to use it. Because truth conveyed peacefully is the ultimate weapon against fear. Why is that? Why is that? Or why do I even say that? Well, the reason is actually physics. In physics, we've learned that no two things can occupy the same space at the same time. So I would ask you, what happens when you're in a pitch black room and you turn on the light? Where does the darkness go? It is, in a sense, cast out or obliterated because the light fills that space and they can't both be there at the same time. And light is more powerful than darkness. Witness what happens to the darkness when you turn on the light. Well, truth is like light and lies are like darkness. Truth is more powerful than lies, but it's got to be delivered with loving certainty. That doesn't mean you can't deliver it fiercely, that you can't speak truth fiercely. You absolutely can and should when called for, but you have to speak it lovingly fierce. So what does that mean? What does it mean to be lovingly fierce? Well, two examples. One, in Kabbalah, in Jewish mysticism, it is taught that if you're disciplining your child and your child needs to be sanctioned for something he or she did, your child needs to get a time out in the corner, whatever, your voice can be fierce, fierce, but your heart has to be loving because Kabbalah teaches that it's what's in your heart that matters because the delivery and the impact of that delivery, the outcome of that delivery will be very different if your heart is loving and your voice is fierce versus if your heart is enraged and your voice is also fierce. And the other example I would give you of what it is to be fierce and loving at the same time is a story I've told once before, at least on a prior podcast, which is, I was visiting a friend of mine who lives in Santa Fe. We met in Taos at an Airbnb to spend some time together. She is a lifelong practitioner of Qigong, which is a both a, a psychological and a physical um, Far Eastern practice, meditative practice. One morning she got up And she went out to a pavilion that was outside of the home we were staying in. And she was practicing Jikang. And it was before breakfast. It was very early. And at some point, I was ready to go to breakfast. And she was still out there practicing. So I walked out toward the pavilion she was standing in. And her, not her full back was to me, but the side, her profile was to me. And she was in a meditative position. She was standing. And As I approached her, I got within no more than 10 feet, I would say, maybe even 15. And she turned her head 45 degrees to look me in the eye. And what I saw in her face, in her eyes, 
was a was a nonverbal message that said, don't you dare come another foot closer. And I just kind of backed up and went back into the house. And when she came back in at the end of her practice, I told her what happened. And she said, I have no recollection of that. I didn't even know you came out. Because what happened was she was actually in a very loving place in her meditation. But in that depth of meditation, she sensed what she perceived to be a threat. Now, I don't mean a physical threat, but it was an encroachment upon the state she was in. And she was able to communicate to me, not even consciously, lovingly, but fiercely back up. You don't want to come any further. It was very profound. It was very real. And the effect was that I backed up, but I wasn't afraid of her. I just understood there was a boundary that had been set. Thinking for yourself demands courage. The reason is what you conclude when you think for yourself may be unpopular. It may mean that you have to take an action, or it may mean that you refuse to follow someone else's direction or orders. But the alternative to thinking for yourself is to be sheep. The alternative is to be enslaved. Remember, you are the expert in your own life. No one else knows better than you how to live your life, how to make decisions that are in your highest and best interest. But you have to think for yourself in order to do that. Thinking for yourself is the only way out of all forms of enslavement. And in fact, I would argue it is the one way to make sure you're never enslaved. Thinking for yourself is the keystone of freedom. Thinking for yourself is why you were given free will. And thinking for yourself is your birthright to give up that birthright. To abandon free will is to devalue your own life. This past week, I saw a meme. It was about dating, actually. And it said, quote, you date at the level of your self-esteem, end quote. You date at the level of your self-esteem. And I thought it was brilliant. And as I was prepping for tonight's episode, I thought to myself, I'd like to adapt that saying that you date at the level of your self-esteem. I'd like it to be, you think at the level of your courage. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again next Sunday. And until I am, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.